It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is my esteemed co-host, Benjamin Solak. It's Friday, so I'm giving, I'm, I'm doling out compliments today. But not as it just a Friday. It is a fan Friday here on Locked On NFL Draft. You guys know what that means means that you get to hijack the show for roughly an hour. I say roughly, give or take, see if we can get under the hour mark. But y'all always bring it with some awesome questions. And, you know, if you're new here, if you're new around these parts, if you're a new ally of the podcast, first of all, welcome. Second of all, it's truly Ask Me Anything style on Fridays. I know that the title of this podcast deals with the NFL and the NFL draft, and we talk a lot of football from Monday to Thursday. But sometimes we like to talk... Uh, you, we need to, we like to get off the rails a little bit, have some fun outside of football as well. So today we're going to be answering questions that may have to do with football, may have nothing to do with football. You'll just have to stick around and find out. Before we get to the questions, though, Ben, my friend, how are you? Hello. Oh man, everything is delicious. Thanks for asking. I do love uh, how a lot of times when I ask you, you you are like you're almost like take it back. You're like, oh dude, like thanks for yeah. asking. Everything is delicious. <laughs> It is not well. It's an important thing to me. Like somebody says, "How are you?" You answer, and you ask them how they are, and that's a, an interaction that matters. We oh, have you a, don't, we you don't a, ask me how I am. I usually do. Do you? I don't think you do. Sometimes I go into a bit if we're like doing a bit. But other times I'm like, "How about you, man?" Oh, dude. Yeah, everything is delicious. Everything's delicious. <laughs> we had a we had a listener uh, hit us up who basically said that like he'll be at work, he'll be in a meeting, and his boss will be like, "How's everybody doing?" And he'll be like, "Everything is delicious." And everybody will be like, "What is you?" And I, I, I stand that gentleman. We are uh, because yeah, he uh, he's a true listener. He's a true ally of the show. That's yeah, a full is. commit right there, and it, I respect it. It is yeah, nobody nobody can go full Solak outside of Solak. I feel I feel like that's it. We should have a disclaimer here that we do love that y'all pick up on like our little quirks and sayings that we have on this show. But you know, you, you can never go full Solak. I feel like that's just reserved for you. I mean, it's a dangerous game. You can try to go full Solak. I just can't. Uh, I'm not liable for what happens to you if you make the attempt. <laughs> you 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 become me. You'll start saying idioms that you never thought were real. <laughs> That's a scary feeling. <laughs> right. This is true. And you gotta you gotta just make sure that you say it with confidence, if nothing else. So, all right. So, are you ready to get to go on these questions? Ready to get to go. All right. I'm now ready to get to go, and now I'm getting to go. Ready to get Set. to go. See, this yes. is something that y'all could take to outside the podcast if you want. <laughs> right, anyway, you'll probably people will probably be like, "You're an idiot," but you know, you could just be like, "Oh, I heard it on a podcast," and they're like, "Well, those people are idiots," and then you'd be like, "Oh, yeah." And then we'll, we'll just all collectively say, "Oh," and then we'll get a five star review out of you. First question: Nick asked this one. 
I said if you could have your dream landing spots for the Florida Gator prospects, the top ones at least. So we're talking about Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, Kyle Trask. No, he said the top ones. Okay. Uh, he also wanted me to throw Trayvon Grimes in there, so I <laughs> am. Stop being rude, Ben. The top landing spots that I had, and these are just fun. Like, I'm not talking about realistic ones. I'm talking about where I would love to see these prospects in the NFL. Pitts, I picked the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, what to what offensive weapon is the answer not the Kansas City Chiefs, you know? That's probably true, but I just feel like it would be objectively hilarious to add the kind of mismatch offensive weapon Kyle Pitts is into an offense that is already extremely manipulative when it comes to mismatches for zone and man coverages. And it's like, normally if you draft Kyle Pitts, he could be your top off of offensive weapon on your team. Or he could be your most versatile offensive piece. For the Chiefs, he's like third at best, which is just stupid mm-hmm. to say out loud. But yeah, I thought that that would be a good spot. Who did you have for Pitts? I like Baltimore Ravens still for Pitts. I probably did it with a touch more realism than you did, but I think I'm that's how I always end up doing these things. Uh, that is such a perfect spot because of their tight end focus, because of how much they use condensed sets, because of their ability to line them up in the backfield, H back and out wide. They already have that kind of baked into the system. And then they they want a receiver with physicality and they need a, uh, a possession receiver as well. A guy who can move the sticks and Pitts can be all of that for you if he pans out the way that we hope he's going to pan out. So I liked Kyle Pitts for the, I liked Kyle Pitts for the Ravens. Kadarius Tony, I was torn between two teams, but then I actually had Kyle Trask going to one of these teams, so that made the decision for me. But I landed on the Los Angeles Rams. I didn't really think of the other wide receivers that he has there. I just loved the idea of Sean McVay having a player that as dynamic and unique as Kadarius Tony is, and to be able to get the ball in his hands early and just scheme up things to manufacture some space for him and, and let him run wild, if you will, because that's what some of the most memorable plays were when he was at Florida. It was just like, got the ball in his hands early, and all of a sudden he had this balance that's unreal, and he was juking in ways that you didn't think the human body was able to do. And so I feel like Sean McVay could feel could see a lot of the stuff that made Kadarius Tony so successful at Florida and not only implement that, but also build off of it. So I love the idea of putting Kadarius Tony in a Sean McVay offense. Kadarius Tony, right? It's, this is truly one where it's like anywhere, right? But the best thing that you're going to be able to do, because I don't think Tony's perfect right now as a deep ball tracker, is find ways to get him scheme touches underneath. And that's where I like him for Green Bay because Green Bay oh, nice. had Tyler Irvin in that jet role, and then they he got injured and they brought in Tavon Austin. And I think that they're going to try to get one of these scheme touch guys. I, I, I fit Demetric Felton to them the other day. Uh, they can get one of those players late, but the best of those players in the draft is Tony. Uh, so you're going to be able to give him quick touches at the line of scrimmage, and you're going to be able to get him quick looks in the flats off play action. And with all those easy passes, yeah, you're going to get four yards and three yards and eight yards and whatever. And then eventually he's going to rip one for 50. And that's what's so exciting about a player like Tony is that ball in hand ability. Uh, so I gave him to Greenback. Trask, I have to Indianapolis. And this is a prospect team pairing that we have seen before. I, I, I don't I don't even know if it would happen at this point, but 
getting him to work with a guy who I really trust in, in with quarterbacks and Frank Reich and also an offense that they try to do that similar thing. You know, when they had Paris Campbell on the team and they really tried to emphasize getting the ball in his hands early and getting the screen work and, and early catches and also when it comes to giving guys touch passes and emphasizing accuracy. I, I just felt like Indianapolis was a pretty good fit all around for them, although I'm, I tried to picture like, hey, where could I see Kyle Trask being a starter? I just don't know if Kyle Trask is a full-time starter anywhere. So that's why I was like, all right, just send him to a coach that I trust to work with quarterbacks and maybe you can get something out of him and have him be a spot starter for a little bit for you. That's a, that's a situation that I trusted. So I guess I would say that Indianapolis is an ideal spot for Kyle Trask. Trask was tricky, which I, I know I made the joke only the good uh, Florida players, but Trask deserves to be mentioned among the good Florida players. Uh, if we're talking about places for QB development, uh, you got it. You do trust Bill Belichick and what they've done in New England, taking a couple of middle round guys and turning them at least into high quality backups, if not yeah, starting not players. They, they've done it with Brissett. They've done it with Garoppolo, but also with the way we've seen this Kyle Shanahan offense just make you know, high quality players out of regular quarterbacks. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. Improve the floor of quarterback play. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That was nice. That was yeah. polite. San Francisco, right? Obviously, with, with the progenitor himself, San uh-huh. Francisco is a good one. Uh, if you like Trask as a big body pocket passer, you know, hang around, take hits, so on and so forth, uh, Arthur Smith as well in Atlanta, I think makes some sense. Right now, the number two is Kurt Benkert, who I liked Kurt Benkert, but he's beatable. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so San Francisco and Atlanta were my two. Okay. I wrote down Jacksonville for Trayvon Grimes just because I think it's an area where there's not a lot of proven wide receiver depth there. I mean, obviously, like, LaVisca has his role and DJ Chark has his, but I feel like you could climb up the depth chart at, in Jacksonville and be a wide receiver three, wide receiver four kind of a player. So I just threw out Jacksonville. I, did, you, did you put Trayvon in there? There's, I don't know if you did. Philadelphia, because they need wide receivers. Okay, all right. Thank you so, for your time. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Andreas asked this question, and this is a good one. This is a really good question. What the heck is a quality control coach, and what does one do? Seems like every new head coach started as one, and, and that's true. I actually did some research on this to see if I could find some quotes about it, and I actually found an, an article from... Uh, Mile High Report, which is the Denver Broncos SB Nation community, and they wrote an article back in 2011, and they have a lot of they have a lot of coach quotes in here. Todd Haley actually is one of the uh, quotes that they have. It said, "quote That's the greatest the greatest job in football as far as learning." Um, he said, Tony Sperano said that job was the most valuable experience I had. That was my first piece of work in this league. Quality control rounded me and made me a better head coach. And essentially, what a quality control coach does is I want to say everything you do. You do a lot of different work. You do absolutely anything that the coaching staff needs you to do, but it's a lot of breaking down film. It's a lot of logging film. It's a lot of uh, writing the playbooks, doing a lot of that kind of like schematic dirty work to where you can get the coaches ideas either to them faster or from them faster, like from them to the rest of the team or to them in the form of scouting the other team. So it's just tons of watching the other team that they're playing early in the week, getting them the film cut-ups, telling them what another team does does uh, statistically, 
with like personnel work and analytics and just trying to get an edge on the other team. And really, they're they're kind of that information gathering and information organization kind of person to help out the coaches do their job better. Really, I don't want to say dirty work. You know what I'm saying? Like that that that's because I I don't think it's of the dirty work category. It's just. Those tedious, time-consuming things that have to be done throughout the week when it comes to coaching and preparation—that's what a quality control coach was. What did you did you have anything else to like specifics to add to that? Because right. I had a couple of other quotes from other coaches that I wanted to read off, but I wanted to say that as a baseline mm-hmm. first. Do you know who the OG quality control coach was? This is like the my one quality control coach factoid. Like that, what, like the first one ever. Who was the first quality control coach? I have no idea. John Gruden. Okay, so I have a quote from Gruden here that okay. where he talks about that. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a longer one, but he said, uh, I was one of the first guys in the 49ers organization to put the game plan on a computer, store the information so that it was accessible the next right. week. For, um, uh, for Mike Holmgren, it was. So next year or later on down the road or whatever it is, he said, he said over the years, all of my computer files became outdated because the software improved. We had to hire a couple different guys. We called them sweatshop guys. They'd go in there and really do nothing but just redraw the plays and uh, retype out all the plays out. He said, that's not a lot of fun, but when you're doing that, you learn a lot in the offense that you're hired to be in. You learn what Zoom is and what slot is and all the different terminology and you get it down because you're looking at it every single day. You learn the different protections and blocking schemes and all those calls because it was your job to put that on paper and organize that properly for the coaches. And so, yeah, that's it's funny that you said Gruden because Gruden was one of the quotes here of what it was like to be a quality control coach. Right, so... If you think just about like, like, honestly, quality control is like a pretty good term for it. You know what I mean? It sounds like like it's a good question because it's like, all right, what is a quality control coach? Like that's like a very abstract idea. But in the sense of if you put yourself in a head coach's shoes and you say, okay, I've got seven days a week. I have six of those days, which I can prepare for a game on Sunday. What ideally, if I had as many people in the world to work for me, if I had all of the man hours to work for me, how would I go about preparing? And it would be, okay, I want to know exactly what that defense does. And so I want to know every time an offense puts 11 personnel on the field, I want to know who they put on the field. And when we put 12 personnel, I want to know who they put on the field. And when I put 11 personnel in the red zone, I want to know who they put on the field. When I put 13 personnel in third and one, I want to know what they do. Yep. And then I want to know, what plays they run when they have that personnel, what plays they won't run when they don't have certain personnel. And that one time that they did have that player against that personnel on that down and distance, why was he in there? Right. And so it's, it's massive amounts of data gathering. And then it's okay. So are they more effective when they're in nickel with 36 or when they're in nickel with 24? Okay. So they're worse with 36. Okay. So we want to put our two tight ends on the field because they're going to bring out 36. And then it's taking that data and it's drawing conclusions, right? Which this all sounds, oh, it's so very analytical. Yeah. It's been done with brute force for many, many, many years. And in this case, you're looking at football minds, guys who want to get into coaching, who like that quote from Gruden said, the best way to get that information is to immerse yourself in it. And when you're immersed in it, the way to be useful right, is to go through constant charting, to go through constant evaluation of what you guys are putting out in film and how it's being executed, what, per, what, what personnel, what formations, what ideas, what concepts, and then cycling that information back to the head coach so that he can make higher level decisions about game planning on a week-to-week basis, which is what quality control is. It's There's a guy up top 
who's making high-level decisions. Your job is to get knee-deep in the weeds to make sure that those decisions are acting as expected. Right. And if they are, if they aren't, get that information back to the guy at the top so you can continue to make optimized decisions. So the reason you see so many head coaches with quality control backgrounds is because the smartest guys on a system Smartest guys on a philosophy, smartest guys on an approach, offensive or defensive, West Coast, save and ease, whatever terminology, whatever ideas you want to talk about, were at one time controlling the quality of that system. And that's how you kind of get really, really acquainted with it and also start to kind of develop your own ideas off of it. So I think that's like, I don't know, it, it's a very unglamorous job. It's a very uh, thankless job. It's a very low paying job. Um, but for people whose aspirations are to be coaches, that's kind of the path that, that that makes the most sense for them not only to become head coaches, but to become good head coaches. Yeah, and if you wonder how in the world does the NFL move as fast as it does on game days, you know, like one right. play happens and all of a sudden the ball is down and you have 40 seconds to then snap the ball. Like, how do you know what you're going to call, know what the defense is going to run, all this, blah, blah, blah. All of that work to get to that point is done beforehand. You already know what your, you know, three wide receiver looks are going to produce. Like you already know how the defense is going to react. You already know what the odds of this guy being here or them matching you with this is at this point in the field, at this point in the game, blah blah blah. So all of that happens and the reason why the game of football is allowed to move as fast as it does is because of the baseline work that quality control coaches do to teach the coaching staff, okay, they're going to be in this look if we go here. We're going to put this guy in the field. They're going to put that guy in the field. And so, yeah, I, I that's that's how I kind of really learned how what a quality control coach was it is because I wondered one day, I was like, how the hell do they do this so fast? Like, how are they, what, yeah. like, why, why, how are they having so much confidence in making this decision with 40 seconds every single snap? And that's how, that's how you do it. Folks, this episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinct designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th over at BlueNile.com. Once again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively over at BlueNile.com. Also, before we get back to it, we got to tell you guys about the best protein bars on the planet because BuiltBar.com, Built Bar's protein bars, they taste great, and they're great for you. They got 18 and incredible flavors, all kinds of different flavors, too, for people who like all kinds of different protein bars. But no matter what you're getting, you're getting a great-tasting bar that is also low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They're fantastic for you. So if you've never checked it out over at BuiltBar.com, go check out their um, box offers that they have. You get 18 bars in a single box, but you can also mix and match the flavors that you want to get per box. So you don't, if it's first time ordering, you don't have to just make a decision right there. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps one word, LOCKEDON, and you're going to get 20% off whatever your order is. So use that promo code LOCKEDON, go check it out, see which flavors you want to get. And you get 20% off with that promo code over at BuiltBar.com. We got a fun one here, Ben. Hey, me with it. This one's paying homage to the fun different formats of Mock Draft Mondays that you and I did throughout the summer. Jonathan I love asked homages. This, Jonathan asked this question, and he said, build the perfect team snake drafting position group. So me and you going back and forth snake drafting. 
He said, "What? this is the stipulations, though. If, let's say, I draft Patrick Mahomes, you then cannot draft anyone else or any other unit from the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay? And that goes for any kind of position. So he says build the perfect team, but it's not really going to be a perfect team since we have this little uh, little rule here against this. But do you have a... No, I, I actually need you. I, I don't have a coin right in front of me. Can you go to like the heads or tails generator? Flip a coin. If you just Google flip a coin, it flips it. No, I want you to do it. That's what, you know, that was your thing. That, was, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm doing it right now. I'm just saying I don't need to go to the generator or anything. Okay. okay. Call it in the air, okay. which is virtual. Okay. Tails. Oh, Tails never fails. Let's go, baby! Okay, so one positional group per division. Uh, Oh, shoot, we're doing it per division? You want to do it per division? Isn't that what he said? Nah, I was stepping it up. Uh, I was stepping it up. Like, I was saying, like, if I pick one person from one team, you just can't pick anyone else from that team. That's stepping it down. Is it? No, no, so I think what he's saying, okay, so... Oh, wait, either only one position per division, yes. no doubles, you pick KC. Okay, he says one position per division, and then he gives an example of Kansas <laughs> City, so I can't pick Kansas City, which is not how that works. That's not a division, that's a team. I'm Right, I'm making it easier. So he meant one, okay, so per team, okay. Yes. All right, well, my strategy was built out by divisions. I'm going to be flying by the seat of my pants here, but it's okay. As am I, as am I. So, right, so we're we going to be all right. So, all right, we're snake drafting, so I will go first, but then you go two and three mm. yes i did also have a follow-up question what is it? what are we doing with current free agents is this played on their team in the 2020 season correct yes i would okay. say that okay, we, okay, we, okay, we okay, need okay, to make okay, it okay, easy okay, on okay. ourselves and just do that okay okay that's that's what i thought just wanted to make sure i'm not out here trying to draft the houston texans quarterback room and get aj mccarron that's not my angle <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm gonna all go right. with the, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the New Orleans Saints secondary. You're outside of your mind. I got a strategy here. I'm going with it's New a bad Orleans strategy. I'm I'm going with New Orleans Saints secondary. So I get like right. Malcolm Jenkins, uh, right. Janoris Jenkins, Chauncey Garner Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I Marshawn now you cannot take another New Orleans team. No, right? you cannot take another New Orleans player. I am oh. I am drafting oh, okay. a New Orleans okay. player, okay. and okay. you okay. cannot okay. take okay. anyone okay. else okay. from the Saints. Okay, I got it. I'm there. Okay, Here great. we go. All right, you're going two and three now. I would like the Kansas City quarterback room. Okay, great. Which was a given. Um, who do I want to block from you? That's the question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. You already yeah. you already have it you already have a defensive backfield. Uh-huh. Alright. I will take the San Francisco edges and offensive and outside linebackers. So oh, I'll take Bosa Ford. I get Eric Armstead too, by the way, because he's listening as edge, so you can suck it. Great, great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Just hostility right from the jump. Um, Actually, I didn't set up a Google Sheet. I should probably set up a Google Sheet right now as we're talking about this. That would probably be a good way to do it. I'm tracking it on my pad because I'm analog like that. Okay, all right, all right. So, so you're tracking it for both of us? Yes. Okay, cool. 
Thank God you're doing all the work. You're the quality control coach of this podcast. What can I say? Yay. Yes, and you're the host, and I'm the quality control coach. Oh, He's the little man. guy who makes I'm the gonna, wheel run. I'm going to get all the praise. Okay, <laughs> I'm taking the New England Patriots offensive line. Wow. And I am taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver slash tight end room. Yeah, I knew that was going to be your group. What's up, baby? <laughs> okay. All right, so Tampa Bay is off my board, which I wanted that defensive backfield or that linebacker group, so that's well done by you. Uh-huh. New England, I didn't even have the offensive line listed as a target, so Why? we chill. Why? They're good. They're one of the best. <laughs> Joe Tooney, uh, Michael Nwanu, Marcus Cannon, yeah. David Andrews. Yeah, that's a good group. That's a good group. Yeah, that's a good group. Um, I know it's a good group. All right, you've already taken an offensive line, though, which means I now have my pick of offensive lines. So I know I've got that locked in place. And you've already taken a wide receiver group. I just want to make sure I know who I'm going after here. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I yeah. feel you. No, I feel you. So that's in place for me. But you can also block these teams by taking another position group. So that is scary. Correct. Okay. Right. This is, you know, uh, this is the, yeah. this is the, this, this is, is mock draft Monday fun that we had here. More stressful than I anticipated. <laughs> and I already get too stressed out by these things. <laughs> Okay, defensive line time. I have the Jets down as a target, the Eagles down as a target, the Giants down as a target, Washington down as a target, nice Chicago down as a target. Nice. Who? What? What team would you be likely to go after there? I'm gonna take uh, the Washington defensive line. Okay. So all right. So John Allen, Deron Payne. No, I I know, but like, I, are I we? Just... So like, do you get? So you just get the interior guys, right? Yes. yes okay, okay. 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 I was tempted by Philadelphia there, but That's we got to be honest. That's Fletch fine. is getting worse as the older he gets, as much as it breaks my heart. Okay. Um. And then I will take. Mm, I'm I'm wavering here. Yeah, I could tell. I could tell this is weighing heavy on you. Okay, you haven't gotten a linebacker group or a running back group yet. It's correct. Because they don't matter. Oh, which linebacker group? I'm going to take <laughs> the Minnesota linebacker group. I'm going to take Eric Kendricks, and I'm going to take Anthony Barr. That's good. That's good. All right. You're up. Um, Have you already picked defensive line and edge? Yes, I have. Okay. So running back is the only thing mutual that the two of us have not picked, correct? That is correct. Uh, okay. So do I want, I mean, I, I should probably pick running back then. That would make the most sense. Don't overthink it. You know? <laughs> I mean, it would probably be smart to pick Cleveland's running back room because then you get Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But, I mean, you could just turn injuries off and pick Chris McCaffrey or Derrick Henry or something that doesn't really matter. Well, I'm not sure I wouldn't take Chubb flat out over both those players. And then subsequently have. Yeah, no, him and him and Kareem Hunt are, are I have to do the, yeah. the duo. So I'm going to go with the Cleveland running back room. And then I'm going to go with the Packers quarterback room because I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. Hey, pal. Frick you. How does that sound? Sound yeah, good? No, I know. Who are you, you going to take? Who are you going to take? 
Packers offensive line. Yeah, I bet you were, baby. I bet you. Okay, were. relax. Relax. I have a good backup plan in place. God, I love winning at this game. <laughs> no, you have not won. Okay. It's already over. Ball game. All right, I have a quarterback group. I have an edge group. I have an interior defense line group. I have a linebacker group. Um, my wide receiver group is secure. You're not going to go after that team. I, yeah, because I already got the better one, whoever you pick. My defensive backfield is not secure. I should probably grab them relative to who you've got. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams defensive backfield. Okay, not bad. It's pretty good. Decent. I'll get Jalen, Darius Williams. Uh, I got Johnson. I got Taylor Rapp. It's a good pick. Uh, I got Jordan Fuller. I got Troy Hill. So I'm very happy with that. Not as good as my pick, but it's a good pick. Interesting, interesting. Good point, good point. Thank you for sharing. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's good. Uh, I'm going to hold off on my offensive line. Oh, actually, that screwed me over a little bit. Shoot. Yeah, right. Aaron Donald Hunter. Shoot! Boy, come on, son. I Dang know you. It. I've been co- posting with you for a while now. All right. Oh, no. Okay, so my defense is done. San Francisco's edges, Washington's interior defensive line, Minnesota's linebackers, Lil Rams defensive backfield. Set. My no. offensive line is good. My RC retirement group is good. Running back. I'm going to try to poach another team that you might want. Yeah, I'll do this. I'm going to take the Indianapolis uh, backfield. So I'm going to get Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Jordan Wilkins, and Naeem Hines. Talk to me nice. I wasn't going to go for them. I wanted to get take DeForest Buckner off your board and Darius Leonard off your board. Oh, no. Um, I wasn't going to go with any of those. Let's hear it. Well, I did not expect for you to take Aaron Donald away from me. I'm not going to lie about it. Yeah, you got to learn the game. Play the man, not the hand, boy. Is Fletcher Cox still good? Yeah, so I was like Fletch and, and Javon Hargrave and, and technically Malik Jackson, who's also still oh, in the conference as well. Yeah. They're going to lose in this year. Yeah. It's a good group. It's a, you know, Hargrave wasn't great in the system first year. Fletch has been no, getting we'll a little get bit there, shakier though. with age. We'll yeah, there, he's over though. 30. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers edge rushers, so I get Bud Dupree and TJ Watt. Yeah, that was my other edge team to go after. And then I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line with Fletcher Cox and, and Javon Hargrave. All right, my last two picks. Uh, yes, indeed. I believe, yep. Uh, I've got offensive line, which I want to double-check and make sure. I can't go for New Orleans. Nope. Uh, don't want any of those. Don't want any of those. Don't want any of those. Houston, Tennessee, Miami, Jets, Buffalo, Denver, yeah. Best offensive line left to me is the Raiders, which is a, a great group, good run-blocking group as well. Uh, so I'll grab the Raiders offensive line which I'm circling with the wrong color, but it's fine. I'll get over it. Um, <laughs> and then my wide receiver tight end group. Uh, I mean, I can go Denver here if I want. I can go Buffalo here if I want. Both of them are tremendous. Uh, but the angle here is Dallas. Uh, you get CeeDee Lamb, get Michael Gallup, get Amari Cooper, get Blake Jarwin as well. Uh, that's my wide receiver tight end group to fill out my roster. Okay, I got one more pick, right? Because I have, um, I have linebacker, I believe. Yes, that is correct. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Seahawks because then I get KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner. Yep, so they, they were my backup linebacker group. Why would they be your backup? See, I just I just assembled a better team with guys who you said were backups. 
I got uh, Minnesota. I got Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr. What are you talking about? Okay, read off the teams. Read off your team first, and then you can read off mine second because it's better. Okay, so Trevor's team first. Uh, <laughs> New Orleans quarterback room. Or excuse me, no, New Orleans defensive backs. I apologize. Yep. Stop. Chill out. Yep. Uh, New England's offensive line. Yep. Actually, wait, I'll read this in position order. I'll, I'll bounce and make it easier. Green Bay's quarterback room. Yep. Cleveland's running back room. Yep. New England's offensive line. Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay wide receiver and tight end core on the outside, mm-hmm. on defense. Philadelphia's interior defensive line with Pittsburgh's edges. Mm-hmm. Seattle's linebackers behind them. And the New Orleans defensive backfield. That, this was easy money. This whole draft was easy money. That's really disappointing to hear you say that. I hope you had a better understanding of football in that I do a podcast with you. My team? Uh-huh. The Kansas City quarterback? Wow, 41. How awkward for you. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, which I got at pick 1-2, by the way. Not even at 1-1. One, one. Just absurd. There wasn't uh, another, there was another secondary that I really wanted, so I'm like, I guess I'll pick New Orleans because I really wanted their secondary, and I was like, I'll be, I'm will be i cool with Aaron Rodgers because you're going to take Mahomes. Jalen Ramsey in a secondary, and he said there wasn't another secondary I really wanted. This there, poor child. There was. It's sad to hear it, man. Listen, it's okay the, though. The, the thing is, is that when it ta- when it comes to talking smack, Jalen Ramsey's only got <laughs> one mouth. The New Orleans Saints have like five or six, <laughs> several, right? And they got obviously Chauncey as well, who's all, Ramsey's only potential rival. Correct. Uh, I have the Kansas City quarterback. I have mm-hmm. the Indianapolis running back room. I have the Dallas wide receiver tight end group. I have the Raiders offensive line. The, I can't read my handwriting, San Francisco edges, the Washington interior defensive line, Minnesota's linebacker group, and the Los Angeles Rams defensive backfield. Your, de- oh. your defense is good. I'm going to give you credit. Your defense is good, but. Um, and my quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. No doubt about it. My team is Thanks better. Thanks for sharing. No doubt about it. My team is better. No doubt. Cute. No doubt in my mind. Folks, there is one big game left in NFL football. It's, of course, the Super Bowl, but there's also big games going on across the pro sports landscape in in basketball, in NHL. We're going to have MLB uh, starting pretty soon as well. Whatever sport you pay attention to, if you believe you know who's going to win the game, like I'm throwing money on the line, guaranteed to double it or whatever you're putting down on there, there's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. You can sign up for a free account today over at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, all caps one word locked on, for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on. You'll get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Respected Madman asked this question. I always just love saying his username. What's your favorite Pokemon type? Okay. As a man who just played uh, Black for the first time, and like Diamond like what, for in the third time. Pokemon Black for the first time. Had no and- idea there was a Pokemon Black diamond for like the second or third time on an emulator on my phone which is 100% legal for all of the FBI agents that are listening uh, shout out allies of the pod the FBI 
<laughs> I don't know if we can claim that, but we will. Um, I know what the worst type is, grass. Every grass Pokemon sucks. Um, I started maining rock steel types and having a good time with it. But the best type is probably still fire. You just get your starter. You gas them up like level 15 right away. Oh, I get you it. Rip gas through the up. First, you rip through the first three gyms without even blinking. Great time to be alive. I went outside the box, as I often do. You? Ben, ben just stayed inside the lines like an actual coward. I, But I do have a tie, which is also outside the box. I love... I'm only going with the original 150 because it's the only generation I care about. Lightning... With Zapdos, Electabuzz, Raichu, Jolteon, like those. It's are electric, my... you idiot. Okay, whatever. Electric, <laughs> lightning. I always called it lightning, but go figure. It's because my hockey team that I rooted for was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, but yes, you're right. Outside electric. of the box names a type that isn't even real. Outside of the box and called it a name that's outside of the box. I see what's happening here. Also, psychic Pokemon are awesome. You like you get Mewtwo, you got Alakazam, you have Gengar, like that's. Those are just those were always the coolest Pokemon to me, even though you could. That's such a bad take. Dark over Psychic, ten thousand days of I the year. I don't care about dark I get Pokemon. Crunch, and it's who all is over that? Like, Crunch is a gym. Crunch is the name of the attack. Crunch is a, oh is a chocolate bar. This is embarrassing for you and not for me with my extensive Pokemon knowledge as a married adult. <laughs> you, just, you just had to throw the married thing in there as a flex i wanted to make it clear that i'm married and i have a mortgage no i don't i have a pension and a job and also it's very important to me that pokemon matter uh yeah the the original 150 do i don't, oh, really, ca- I don't really care about anything else i truly you're don't so old jeez how old are you by the way i have a story to tell you guess how old i am 28 Oh, close. I'm 29. 29. See, I thought it was 29, but I wanted to go low because that's polite. Um, I, I, so I cut my nail today, like, like, like bad, like bleeding, like gross. Okay. Uh, and it's my left pointer finger. Okay. And I was like, shoot, like this is going to make typing sucks. I've got it in like a big, like wrap right now. Cause it was, it was bleeding pretty bad. And I thought to myself like, oh my gosh, typing's going to be so inconvenient. And then I told mayor, at least I'm not Trev. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, wait, you've never seen Trevor type. And I was like, Trevor, who is like a millennial who like like wears cool hats and stuff and has like hair that's nice, types with two fingers and hammers the keys into submission like your grandma. If you had the injury I have right now, you would not be able to access half of the keyboard. Just with one finger, he's jackhammering every word out. I type fast, though. I type faster because I use eight fingers. You do you do type faster. Anyone who is proficient at typing with all of their fingers types faster than me. But I I can I can make smoke come out of my hands from how fast I, I type like, with two fingers. I have like a memory in my head of the twenty nineteen combine, my first combine, sitting next to you in the big hall where yep. the food is and where we work, and just thinking to myself, this is the loudest typing. <laughs> I have ever heard in yeah, like it's thunderous. It's like the scene of Braveheart where the horses are jumping over the camera. It's amazing. <laughs> you don't break more laptops. Yeah, I've only had two. So they've they've served me very well. Oh, anyway. Mark Mark asked this one. This is specifically for me. He said, Mark, what are your thoughts on the quick ride? or he said Trevor. Sorry, Mark asked this. Said, he, said, Mark? he said, Trevor, what are your thoughts on the quick rise of Nick Sirianni? And are there any lessons out there for young aspiring head coaches? Yeah, I mean, like obviously you gotta be really good at what you do, but a lot of things like coaches, you know, it, it's all about networking, right? I mean it's like about connection. you gotta have 
very close inner circle, if you will. You know, you got to be looking at what others are doing uh, in your profession. Say that you want to do those things. Meeting the right people. Putting yourself in good positions. You know, this all these are all the X-factor things to get you where you want to go. And then you can be head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and forget right, and to like, shave your neck for the team photos. Uh, no, I, I think he's looking rugged and wintry handsome, but maybe that's just the Eagles bias coming out. But, like, seriously, though, like, reading his first, like, he like, did, like, an intro thing with uh, Dave Spadaro, right, the the Eagles writer, and, like, like five things that, like, you know, like, uh, what I look for in my team and like, competing and whatever. It's clear that, like, he's just got passion. You know what I mean? Or kneecaps he's... mentioned. No, kneecaps were not mentioned. Okay. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's oriented on any particular one body part when it comes to his coaching philosophy. But he's a passionate dude. You can tell that, that he's got love for the game. And that's what, like, I don't know, it draws people to him, right? And you, and you can understand why that's something that, mm, that the Eagles liked when they interviewed him. Yeah. Yeah. Draws people to him. I agree. Um. Would you rather, this is the next question, would you rather watch football on mute or only be able to listen to the broadcast of football but you can't watch them? I currently willingly listen to broadcasts on mute depending on who yeah, the announcers right. are. No, this is, yeah, this is very easy. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather watch the game. Yeah. I feel that's like I'm, I'm like, there are some announcers who are really, really good and there's some who aren't. And so I would miss the ones that are really good, but I would not miss the ones who aren't. Kyle asked this one, Oklahoma drill, who wins, King Kong or Godzilla? Great question. Great question. Clear answer. Clear Number answer. Number one winner, there's no doubt. Easy. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one. Kong. It's Godzilla. It's not even close. Trevor. Yes. Trevor. Yeah. Trevor. Yeah. Low man wins. That's why Godzilla would win. Godzilla is, I looked this up. I Googled Godzilla height. I Googled King Kong height. And Godzilla has been represented as tall as 393 feet. Right, but he can get down on his four legs. And Kong can't? Have you looked at a gorilla before? No, I mean, he can, but have you seen his forearms and biceps? They will only let him go so far. He cannot go further down. Also, also, it's an Oklahoma drill, so if Godzilla's lying on his back, he can't turn over and get onto his onto his feet because he doesn't have fingers. He doesn't have elbows. No, we're not starting off on the back. We're starting it's off you in positions. Oklahoma drill. I can't type as fast as I want to. That's that's not how you spell that. Okay. I know that Oklahoma some drill. Oklahoma drills are you're on your back and then you got to flip over and then you got to run into them. But we're doing the Oklahoma drill where you're just still right heads up on you're it. Godzilla would no. forklift King Kong. Forklift his like upper arms like a T Rex's arms. What are we talking about right All now? All he's got to do is get the shoulder in on him. What does it matter? Football you get the shoulder and then you power him over. Have you football ever man. watched football in your life? A couple of times. Godzilla gets yeah, into his soft little underbelly. I'm looking at I'm looking at ten thousand different pictures of Godzilla. Godzilla's size chart shows how much the King of Monsters has grown over the years. By Andrew Whalen, five three nineteen on Newsweek, and I'm looking at this massive chart of different Godzillas. This mountain does not have the necessary build no. to win King an Oklahoma Kong's, drill King, against a massive King gorilla. King Kong's natural inflexibility of being able to get down lower than Godzilla when he's on all fours. I mean, this King is just Kong's so easy. It's a gorilla. Oh my goodness, this has been a horrible podcast. A lightning Pokemon and Godzilla. Wins an Oklahoma drill. I don't know how we go on from here. We go on with this question here. You are Deshaun Watson, <laughs> and you decide. That was a good one. You don't care about money or winning. You just want to have a menu item at a stadium or restaurant in the city named after you. What is that item? Where is it? Bonus points for punnage 
that has to do with the meal city and Watson's name. Okay. So n- nobody really eats these in the States. Oh, I kind of do. Here we go. But like uh, the, the a little like shrimp crustacean-y thing, right? Mm-hmm. In the UK is known as a prawn. Uh, so Deshaun is going to play for New Orleans, heavy seafood restaurant mm. called The Prawn. Yeah. It's it's just called the prawn. It's called Dupron. Oh, D- Dupron. Okay, so Dupron. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I got it now. And that's pretty good. At the stadium, at the Superdome, you can get a brat called Deshaun Bronson. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That one's Deshaun better. Watson. That that one right there is better than mine. I have that he's going to Dallas, and we got the Watson Wagyu ribeye. No, because it's the the alliteration. Also, you get steak. At a, at a, at a, I guess at probably at AT&T Stadium. Yeah. At Dallas and Jerry World? Yeah. You don't think you can yeah. get At first steak? I was like stunned and I was like, oh, it's Jerry World. Wait, never mind. But that's the thing is like. No, oh, the, the, the Deshaun Bratson is, is better. Bratson. That's the best one. Right. That's the one. So they, 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 they make a, a four on the brat and brown mustard. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. You got your candy ass handed to you when it came to picking those teams and also with the oh, Oklahoma okay. drill question. Yep. But yep. this yep. one was good. Yep. I'm giving yep. it to you. This one was. This has been a hostile fan Friday. <laughs> uh, there's, this is the next one. Everyone is familiar with the don't draft RBs in day one argument, but why don't we have that with wide receivers too? Justin At first, Jeff- I thought you meant RBs like the food place, and I was like, what are we? <laughs> oh, I'm no, sorry. Okay, there. Running backs. Don't draft RBs. <laughs> uh, Justin Jefferson seems to be the exception, not the rule, over the past several years. Day two wide receivers typically pan out better. DK, AJ Brown, Michael Gallup, Chris Godwin, etc. It kind of is. Right. So I've, I've had this conversation with Nate Tice of, of the athletic football show a couple of times. Uh, wide receivers can hit in so many different ways. Uh, like what's what's a, a mold of a guard? Well, all right. We run in gap power. We run in zone. We're running zone. All right. I wanted to weigh 305, 310. And I want to be able to see him move. I want his, his three cone to be solidly in the seven threes. You know what I mean? Like it's like we have an idea. You know what I mean? Wide receiver. You can certainly have your molds in terms of how you want your guy to win. Like if you want to be a physical team, then you want your AJ Browns and you want to be a, a space team, then you want your Tyree kills. But there's so many different ways to be successful that when we talk about running backs not being taken in round one, it's because we we find statistically analytically that running back performance is largely replicable from a round one player to a round four player. Well, with wide receivers winning in so many different ways, and there being X number of mouths to feed with the amount of passing attempts that you have in any given game in any given season. Yes, you spend a one on a guy. Maybe he's more likely to hit than a, a round two guy, a round three guy. But you can get a round two a guy, a round three guy in. And even if he's not as developed, even if he's not as well-rounded, even if he's not as strong in every single category, he's going to find ways to succeed. And when you bring up arguments like the A.J. Brown argument, right, it is... Brown was at Ole Miss, and he was there with DK Metcalf, and he was there with Marcus Lars, and he was there with with Dawson Knox, like we've talked about. And he played slot for them, and he ran their stick option stuff, and he ran their quick slant stuff, and occasionally he ran vertical. And we said, this is what he can do. And then Tennessee drafted him at 50, and Tennessee was like, hey, do you want to run further down the field? And A.J. Brown was like, yeah, watch this. And it was awesome. 
You know what I mean? And that's where you get that hit is when it turns out a guy who you expected to win or the physical, you know, a tough contested catch, you know, uh, uh, be able to separate with size, be able to run detailed routes. All of a sudden he was so good tracking the ball down the field. All of a sudden he was so good on an extended route tree. And that's obviously not all of a sudden you can work those guys out and figure that out. But it is to say that with the amount of different ways that a wide receiver can win the league, the different body types, we're increasingly coming to realize just how deep every wide receiver class is going to be. That's why like, we've talked about when we when we scouted this wide receiver class in the summer, I said, yeah, it's a deep wide receiver group and we're, we should expect there to be a deep wide receiver group every single year because there's just so many athletes and so many different body types now right. in the group that you're always going to have good prospects available when you start to get to the middle rounds. Yeah, and you're getting a lot of different ones on the field at the same time, right? I mean, like having more good wide receivers almost is like a multiplier. You know what I'm saying? For like what you can do and how you can manipulate a defense, especially in the passing game, which is more dynamic, more explosive, has a much higher EPA than things on the ground. You know, like normally one running back is on the field and that's it. And like sometimes even when they get the ball, it's it's not a great return on investment. So because there's only so high of a ceiling that sometimes a running back can give you, that means that running backs that you draft later in the round can sometimes fulfill or not be much worse than a guy that you might want to think that you should draft in the top 50. Meanwhile, the wide receiver, like you said, there's so many different ways that you win to where a a guy might have a specialized role for you, but even if it's like a wide receiver too, or like in a certain packages, he could be so much of a threat. He could be so effective at what he does that all of a sudden he creates value for your team. That's much higher than anything else. And you can get multiple of these guys on the field at the same time. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, you see a lot of high hit rate players later in the draft, like in rounds two or three, but you also got to remember that we're getting multiple of these players on the field and how each one of them fits in with every single team matters a lot. And and I wouldn't just say that round one wide receivers are always busts or, or don't always hold up to the value, but there's no doubt about it that there is sometimes merit to when you're sitting on TDN's mock mm-hmm. draft machine and you're sitting there in the second round and you go, oh, I could pick a wide receiver here. Oh, but I could get one later. You know, like there, right. there, there it's is not about Jamar that. Chase being worse because that's not the case. Right. It's that you're much more likely to find a way to get quality production in round three, round four at wide receiver than you are at tackle. Right. And that's what makes Penny Sewell and offensive tackle a premium position relative to wide receiver, which we should not view as a premium position because of the depth that exists, I think, perennially in every class. I don't think it's nearly as bad as running back, but I think it's an interesting point to bring up that you do not have to draft running back in the first round. There's a lot of really great ones, and sometimes you want to get your hand on a specific playmaker to do a specific thing for your specific roles in an offense, and I think that that sometimes creates its own value for you to quote-unquote go and get your guy like form the best football team you're trying to make for your team that sort of value goes into it with the uh, multiple spots that you have at wide receiver but I do think it's an interesting question and it's worth having a conversation about where you don't have to necessarily take these guys in in day one we only got a couple more that we could get to first one it we're sticking with the Godzilla talk Wash asked this one he said with the new Godzilla Kong trailer coming out give me your top five giant monsters slash robots liked this one I had to think for a while about what I wanted monster robot wise. I took Voltron, even though isn't Voltron largely TV? Doesn't really matter. Uh, I made Voltron my five. Kong's my four. Never really got the Kong storylines. Never really enjoyed it. Three is Megatron, uh, which sticking kind of with a villainy sort of a vibe here. Oh, but you can just, nice. That's a good one. 
dump Transformers in there if you want to, but Megatron. Two is Smog. Uh, the Hobbit movies were not good. Benedict Cumberbatch's Smog was awesome. That was by far the best part of those movies to me. Uh, was very happy to see Smog, which is like the OG dragon on the big screen. That was sick. Uh, number one is Godzilla. Godzilla's King of the Monsters. I know because I watched the movie. And he killed the three-headed monster whose name I don't remember. So there you go. Uh, wasn't the monster called just like Monster Zero? Oh, no, it had a name. It was like... It was like Gahaljahar. No, it was like Kiora or something. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It was like Kiora. Eleven was in this movie. Yeah, she was. Ghidorah. Ghidorah! There we go. I was yeah, close. Ghidorah. Was close. The um, three-headed King Ghidorah. Oh, I should watch this movie again with we, Meredith. Make her sit through it. She we, loves them. We we have very different lists here. Um, robots, monsters. Um, Vola from... Uh, Winter Soldier when they go in and they, they see that his brain is on like a million different screens and databases so he technically counts as a robot oh. so see, I, I like thought about Marvel guys and then I was like nah there's no real good like that was the good one for me that was the outside of the outside of the smart, box one yeah. for me uh, the monsters from Pacific Rim is the, the other one that I thought of the Cloverfield monster well, the, mon- the monsters three. from Pacific Rim are are kaiju, which is what Godzilla is. Oh, is Godzilla technically kaiju? You is need it- to get up on your lore, son. Yes. I mean, I okay. I have no idea. I never put that. <laughs> I, t- I never put two and two together. Now, number three, the Cloverfield monster. Number two, when Vegeta becomes a uh, Saiyan ape in when he sees the moon in Dragon Ball Z, and then number one is the Monstars from Space Jam. <laughs> that's a good one thank you nothing better than a monster appreciate it Nemi asked this one he said you are the GM and there's a new rule where you have the ability to expand your roster to 100 players all of whom can be active on game day what specialty positions do you now have on your team that you wouldn't have previously great question uh, I want a dude so I, I want two punters and three place kickers one punter distance anytime I'm punting inside of my own 30 Listen, hammer that poppy. This is like one of those Australian pumpers with punters with two ar- arm sleeves, tattoos that you see in college. No, no of those course. Guys. Yes, yes. And then I'll have a punter for precision. Uh, so basically, it's like I'm taking Michael Dixon of the Seahawks, splitting him into two people, and then they're both on my roster. Okay. Kakers, I want three, right? I want accuracy. I want distance, right? So this is like, all right, like, you know, if I'm kicking a field goal inside of the 48, this guy's automatic versus, all right, I need a 65 yarder to win it. Matt Prater, go get out there. And then Matt Prater comes out there and Matt Prater does his thing. My third guy is my onside kick specialist. Every oh, single nice, day nice. during camp, what is he doing? He's just like, well, what if I put the tee on its side and I have a holder <laughs> and they balance the ball between the hole and I just, yeah, and see if this works. And they just, for days. And then all of a sudden they've got like nine different onside kicks in their bag and they're like, this is it. And then I, I suddenly need one. He comes out with the weirdest formation ever and it works and I get a good onside kick rate. So I would... Take specialists and specialize them, which would be fun. I had a handful of uh, certain unique roles and players that I would get on the team. First one is a unique speed rusher. I don't know, just a guy who specializes in being extremely quick out of his stance off the line of scrimmage. And it's just like in package plays, be like, go out there, play wide nine, just take a straight shot at the quarterback and do whatever you can. So I got him on the roster. Extra big boys, I'm talking about carrying like three to four extra tons of beef in there. So if I'm ever on the goal line, I've got 
four 350 pounders just clogging up the middle and I don't even have to put extra bodies on the defensive line. So I got extra big boys. I also have a seven foot two tight end or wide receiver for red zone purposes or short yardage purposes. Just like let him be the X and just literally throw it to him over the top. Have him catch it. He's seven foot two. Nobody's going to be able to do anything about it. Right. That's one of that's one we've talked about before is like the the red zone solver. Just get yep. Taco fall in there, but go right. stand on the goalpost. Right. I then have, and I quote, YouTube kicker, okay? I just want the dude on YouTube who consistently uh, hits from 70 yards to be on the team. That's it. <laughs> right. Just just to make the other kickers sweat a little bit? No, I mean, yeah, just to come in and be like, all right, we need to attempt this 73-yard field goal, and this kid's like, I've done this in front of my 18 subscribers so many different times, and like he goes in and he does it. And then the last guy that I have is like a all-star track guy, who's just on there for offensive gadget plays, but that's what I would do. Two more questions. They're fun ones. Uh, There's actually two questions right here, but there's one question. Two more questions. They're boring ones. Top five dipping sauces for chicken nuggets and then top five dipping sauces for french fries. Okay, so I realized now when I was recording the teams, I kind of wrote over my french fries answer. For nuggets, I could think of four. Okay. Barbecue sauce, worst to best. Barbecue sauce, Buffalo sauce, honey mustard, and Chick-fil-A sauce. Okay. I don't really dip them in anything else that I can remember right now. And if you say one, I'll remember it. French fries. Mm-hmm. What are y'all dipping French fries in? I'm either dipping All French fries in, into ketchup no. into a or into a mixture of ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> Secret sauce. Yes, you know it. You know the vibes. Uh, which apparently, like Heinz, actually makes that in a bottle now. Which yeah. no, goes no, no, against, no, that, no, that's goes sac- against that's everything sacrilegious. that is godly yeah. in the yeah. world. Yes, if you, absolutely. If, if you get that ups- unsubscribed to the point, you're, right? Yeah, so, uh, part, get out. Part, part of secret sauce is like making it, and being like, "Oh, this is too much ketchup," and then right. not changing it because you committed, and there's no way to fix it, even though it would just be adding a little bit more mayonnaise. Also, I kind of wrote down like with an asterisk vinegar because it's not really a dipping sauce. Mm-hmm. But if you ever like go have fries in Canada, right? You have frites. They like really crisp them up and they make them fat and then you put vinegar on them and they're mad good. Right. That's not really a dipping sauce. Uh, For nuggets, number five, I have honey mustard. Number four, I have really good barbecue sauce. Number Mm -hmm. three, I have Chick-fil-A sauce. Number two, I have Raisin Cane's sauce. Have you ever had Raisin Cane's? Never heard of it. Raisin Cane's is a, I think it's only a Southeast fried chicken chain. And their raisin cane sauce for their chicken tenders are to die for. And then number one I have is just like a really great like buffalo ranch mix. So yeah, just right. like a good combination of that because that's just my preference. Five, and uh, I, I I caught flack for this on an AMA that I did during one of the halftime games or one of the halftimes for the Bucks games. Five, I have cheese. You know, like some, I don't know, just... For fries? Hot cheese. Yeah, you know, they dip it in. fries. Yeah, Yeah, right. I guess that that counts. Four, four again, I have just like a a good barbecue sauce. You know, you just like dip in fries and barbecue. I feel like good barbecue is good for that. Three, I have ranch. I I just, I love ranch, so this is great for me. Uh, Hot fries fries and ranch. ranch There's rules. There's really not. Number two, (laughs) fancy mayo. Fancy mayonnaise with french fries. Fancy mayo being? I don't know. Not, not Heinz mayonnaise. I'm what I don't know what we're talking about. You're talking about like aioli? No, because I actually have garlic aioli as my number one, which is great. Garlic aioli is delicious. Okay, 
what is fancy mayonnaise? I don't know. Just like not, I don't know. Just like not regular mayonnaise. Just like that, that like real good mayonnaise. If you go to like a restaurant and sometimes like if it's like a, like a French restaurant or if I know that they do like burgers and fries, like in like a kind of in like upscale way, I'll ask for mayonnaise on the side and see if they got like some house made mayonnaise or whatever. But you're and talking about quality mayonnaise. Yes, homemade like, mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah. Like homemaise, fancy mayonnaise. Not jarred mayonnaise. Yeah. I'm I'm probably not just like you know like squeezing out some mayonnaise for like French fries at the house you you're, know like you're, I'm not doing you're, that. You're a snob is what you're telling me. Oh yeah 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 for I mean for French yeah, okay, fries okay, absolutely. Okay. Final oh, question: Would you rather have every movie movie you've ever watched slowly turn into Shrek, or every song you've ever listened to slowly turn into <laughs> All Star by Smash Mouth? Now both are awesome. Uh, you might be like, Ben, both sound bad. Wrong. Both are awesome. Um, I listen to more music than I do movies, and obviously I would like to find respite somehow. Uh, and so I would want all the movies I watch to turn into Shrek. And yes, it would suck. Can you imagine but Endgame also, just like Tony's right, funeral but all, and like, it's just like also, Shrek right, is there? Right. What, like, turn into Shrek is interesting because in my head that means the opening scene of the movie is exactly the same, no right. matter what it is. Right. And the ending scene of the movie is the ending scene of Shrek, no matter yes. what it okay. is. Yes, okay, see, and I wondered somehow, this as well. Right, somehow narratively and, like, cinematically, right? Like, it goes from being, like, live action to animated. You know what I mean? Like, it is... <laughs> I, I would want to watch a movie to see what happened, right? Like, in my head, it happens smoothly, and so, I, like, it's not like an abrupt change. So I would love to get, like, halfway through Endgame and be like, I really think it's interesting how they figured out where all the time, where all the variety of the stones are within different periods of time. And also, Donkey's providing a great comedic background right now. Like, that transition would be fun. So I would want every movie to turn into Shrek. I'm the kind of person who I will, like, listen to the first half of a song and then I change it. Um... I know that's sacrilegious to a lot of people. Maybe I just... That doesn't bother me too much. Okay, all right. I, I know that some people freak out about it, but I think that I would just rather have every song that I listen to turn into All Star by Smash Mouth because I could just listen to the beginning of songs and then that'd be it. And then anytime I wanted to hear All Star by Smash Mouth, <laughs> which is all the time... I would you would just be like, you'd be like, oh, vibe. I'm like, all right, this hits, this hits. And then just like I, soft in the background, you'd hear. I, I finish movies more than I finish songs. So. I ate the sharpest one. You'd be like, oh, dang. And you flip it. Right. It'd be easier to avoid, right? You get through right. one verse, one chorus. You're like, I generally know what this right. song is going to be. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, you're the, a big po- guy. the podcast it. currently is one hour and 48 seconds, so I think that that's close enough. I think we did it. We we hit the hour-long target. That's Fan Friday, everybody. Thank you so much for asking all the questions on Instagram, on Twitter, and the premium Slack. I really uh, appreciate you guys always getting in on the show, making it a lot of fun for Ben and I. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We don't have a professional football game this weekend. Uh, we have the uh, the... Pro Bowl, but like, what's is it like a Madden challenge or something? Are they doing like a Madden thing? I think, right? Some somebody, there's a versus thing, there's a Madden thing. Oh, yeah, there's gonna be streams. I have no idea. Ben and I are gonna be back on Monday to recap <laughs> the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I don't know. We're probably, we're actually gonna come up with something really creative to do for the Monday show. Maybe it'll just be an hour of me just reminding everybody that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing in the Super Bowl. It'll probably be a little bit more than that, though. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here.
Unlocked on NFL Draft. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.